Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another episode of The Peas. Two Peas on a podcast. This is Gerald with you. And I'm, I'm excited for this episode because we are in the month of horror. This is one of our October-themed, kind of spooky-themed episodes. You know, I do this every year. Uh, I'm only going to say this once at the top of this episode, but I am a horror guy. I'm a fan of horror. And I got a guy to, to come along with me on this episode. And he pitched this topic to me, and I thought it would fit perfectly in the month of October. He's a patron to the show, so he gets to select topics for me occasionally. And I was so thrilled that he came up with this one. Say hello to Caleb from Netflix and Swill. You know him. He's a great friend of the show. He's been on several times. Welcome back, man. How are you? Good. How are you? Living the dream, man. Living the dream. I'm out here in my garage. And uh, what can I say? It's the fall season. It's the Halloween season. And I got you on the show. So, of course, I'm doing great. Oh, you how how uh I don't know if we've discussed this or not before, but how how into the season do you get? Are you like a big Halloween junkie too? Uh I am. I don't really get much of an outlet for it most of the time because I'm a very busy career boy and don't have friends. <laughs> oh, you're not miss- you're not missing much, man. You're fine. No, uh, but I'll, uh, what I'll, I'll I'll like binge horror movies all October and just kind of kind of do my own thing. Yeah, no, that's sweet, man. I do the same thing. So why don't you tell everyone? So you came up with this topic. So tell them what it is, but then also kind of tell them why you wanted to do this top five. Top five cinematic jump scares. Uh, I wanted to do this because I like uh, being scared shitless. <laughs> you do. Well, it's interesting there's because a, this topic. I don't know. I, I like uh, whenever there's a moment in the movie where I'm like, oh, fuck, you got me. <laughs> right, right. Well, I was going to say it's interesting because the jump scare traditionally uh it's kind of been perfected and kind of overused over the years, I would say. Yeah. But the jump scare is kind of divisive. You know, like, I, I don't know what camper. I mean, in other words, I guess maybe our list will kind of tell the story, so I don't want to give away any titles. But when it comes to the jump scare in general, like if you go into a horror movie, let's just say, right, and you watch a horror movie and there and there are zero jump scares, can you recall are those movies that you enjoy or do you like to have those sprinkled into your horror films? No, there's definitely a right way and a wrong way to go about it um i don't know the if the movie does a good job of building a sense of dread and like the movie's frightening without having to just like have a fucking violin violin like note real sharp and like something pop out Mm -hmm. um like if a movie can scare you without doing that then like when they do do the actual jump scare then uh like it's it's far more effective like it actually like releases the tension that the movie's been building rather than just being a a cheap thrill right right i i have i tend to agree with that you know i don't mind i don't mind a good jump scare but i don't like it when the movie you know hinges on it and mm-hmm. and there's just not a lot of depth beyond that you know what i mean that's when it kind of loses me but if they're sprinkled throughout just like a really good thing 
realistic story and characters, then I'm all for it. And I think it's great. And there's actually, I'm sitting here looking at my 10 movies that I'm going to mention this evening. And uh, one of my absolute favorite jump scares of all time is not even from a horror movie. And arguably my top two, um, my number one is one of those films that kind of toes the line a little bit. We'll talk about it when we get there. But arguably my top two are not even horror films. So, And they have amazing jump scares in them that really really jarred me the first time I saw it. All right, man. So I'm pumped. Thank you for pitching the topic, Caleb. You know, uh, you're a dear friend of the show. We've been tight for several years now. So thank you so much for your support and for coming up with these awesome topics. When you did, We, we just did Saturday Night Live skits a couple months ago, which was great. Yeah. And now, and now we're here to talk about scaring ourselves shitless of the Halloween season. So. <laughs> It's great. <laughs> All right, man. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. All right, I tell you what, why don't you get us started, Caleb? So we're doing our top five cinematic jump scares. What is your number five, Caleb? Uh, my number five is from The Conjuring, and it is the clap-clap scene. Yeah. So this is where, uh, you know, she's hearing noises in the basement. She goes to check it out. The door slams on her. She falls down the steps. She gets freaked out. She tries to run back up the steps, and, uh, you know, the, the basement light bulb shatters. So she's just sitting there in the dark. She strikes a match to see what's around her and can't see anything and the match burns out she strikes a second match and as that one's getting ready to burn out a set of hands just come out of the darkness behind her and and that's it mm-hmm. uh it's fucked up man there's there's no like like i was saying no like big violin shriek like no noise accompanying it just that very simple and very effective uh just confirmation that she's not alone yeah yeah this one uh, is in my honorable mentions this exact same scene and this movie kind of fucked me up i've mentioned this on the show before i think maybe it was last october or a couple years ago perhaps but i didn't see this one in the theater it passed me by and my wife and i watched this in our bedroom in the dark uh have you heard me tell this story so we we we, we, uh, we watched it in know. the dark i don't think so <laughs> we watched it in the dark together and a few years ago it was like on hbo or something like that and we just watched it in our room and neither one of us would come downstairs to turn any of the lights off when the movie was over because you know we left all our shit on downstairs <laughs> and we're like yeah, i'm not nice. fucking going down there so i told her i'm like you go down there and get killed and possessed i'm not fucking doing that so uh we slept with all of our shit on downstairs that that night so uh but yeah that's that's uh uh would actually be my number my number six so very very close for me as well and obviously i love uh james wan i love the conjuring so a uh, great pick there all right so my number five is you know you were mentioning those kind of um eerie kind of violin shrieks and you know those kind of ominous scores that accompany a lot of the jump scares this is one of the first ones that i can remember kind of doing that but i don't think it really needed to but this is one that was so unexpected man so this is from a film from 1990 called the exorcist 3 and it's directed by william peter blatty who was the writer of the original exorcist and he also wrote this film and directed it and uh there's a scene when what is in a hospital and one of the nurses is just kind of doing her rounds and she's checking the rooms and checking on patients and like whatever and it's really cool too because like nothing's happening for a solid like two or three minutes so it's almost like Blatty wanted to kind of lull the audience to sleep a little bit um, because there's like, you know, somebody sitting in the waiting room and they get up to get coffee and like, you know, you see the security guard just kind of walk over and check the camera and the nurse is going in and out of the rooms. And it's like, you're you're like, what the fuck? Is, like, why am I watching basically a hospital waiting room? Like, what the hell is going on here? And then the nurse, uh, you know, goes into one room and she leaves 
And when she leaves and turns to walk away, this like demonic presence just like appears behind her um, and walks like into the frame that we're watching into the audience's frame of vision and then kind of goes off screen. So it's like, in other words, it comes across the screen and then goes away. Uh, but it's following her the whole way, like right behind her on her heels. And it's, it's really, it's really cool, man. And then that's, you know, there's obviously a lot of religious overtones in this film too. So that's where that harkens back to. But I can remember it really got me just because you're kind of bored. Do you know what I mean? Like nothing's happening. And then this scene with the nurse and the demon kind of comes out of nowhere and it really gets you. And the music does hit too, which kind of wakes you up if you weren't paying attention. Did you see this one? <laughs> Do you know this one? Uh, I don't think so. You said no. you did or you don't? Oh, you no, don't? I don't think okay. so. So The Exorcist the Exorcist 3, The Nurse, and if you YouTube that or Google it, you'll you'll find it right away. It's one of the most classic jump scares, okay. I feel like. Yeah, whenever, right, so whenever I was five. young, uh, like I wasn't allowed to watch The Exorcist or The Omen or any of those cool movies because uh, religious parents, but... Yeah, I get it. I get it. Well, that's my five, man. That swings us over to you for your four. All right. Uh, my number four is from uh, It Chapter One, and it's the Hiya Georgie scene. Oh, yes. Uh, so this is one of the most horrible things I've ever seen. This kid's just uh, out playing <laughs> oh, okay. on a rainy day and fucking knocks himself out on uh, like a street clothes thing. He just like just the right height and gets taken out mm-hmm. by it. And as he's kind of getting his bearings back, uh, there's a, a damn clown in the storm drain. And uh, kind of beckons him closer, and terrible, terrible things happen. And uh, it's I wasn't I w- I'm not wild about the second movie, but like mm-hmm. as with this being the opening scene of the first film, like oh, yeah. I, All I knew, off, man. yeah, I knew I was in for a ride because it just fully shows this kid's arm just being ripped off. Yeah, yeah. So from the ju- for the jump scare, was it when Pennywise popped up in this in the storm drain, or was it the actual? Uh, like, it's the actual like of- arm biting off. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, that was uh, one of my favorite uh, opening scenes. I mean, after that, like you're you're expecting the movie to just go there anytime something like that's gonna happen, and it, it does get pretty messed up. But uh, like before that, you're not really sure what to expect because the last time you saw Pennywise the clown was. Uh, Tim Curry going, uh, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, right. yeah, this, this really, uh, set a tone. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely ups the ante, man. It's, uh, it was a great revisioning of, of that film and that story. I'm just like you where the second one, it was like, it was okay. You know what I mean? To quote your boy. I mean, it was fine, Yeah, but it was too, it was too fucking long and it wasn't, in my opinion, as innovative as the original or as the first one. So I prefer the first one as well. And that opening scene is stellar. Uh, which is what you're you're mentioning there. So great pick. All right, man. So my number four comes from a classic that's been mentioned on the show many, many times before, but it's from 1975's Jaws by Mr. Steven Spielberg. I thought this would be on here. Yeah, there's actually a couple in this movie that I could pick, but the one I'm going to go with is the one that I can recall making me actually jump, like really jump uh, the first time I saw it, and that's when the diver is, you know, kind of searching the wreckage at the bottom of the ocean. Yep. And and the floating decapitated head of the ship owner just kind of floats into the frame and comes out of comes out of the wreckage, and he jumps and you jump, and because I mean it's again it's very similar to the Exorcist pick for me, except being in a hospital, it's underwater. And this guy is just kind of looking around, and there's not a lot to be found. And you see the wrecked ship, and you see some some different knickknacks and whatnot, and obviously seaweed and fish and like whatever. And then just like all of a sudden, this this head, and you're like, holy shit, you know? And you really do jump. So 
uh, I can remember it actually physically making me jump. And uh, it doesn't get me now because I know it's coming. Uh, but anytime I watch it with someone, I can see them kind of do that too, that little jolt with their body, you know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. I, I feel like Spielberg knew what he was doing there, man. And he threw that in there specifically to kind of give us one of the first really uh, memorable jump scares back in 1975. So you're a fan of Jaws. I know your boy Dan is. Do you like this Yeah, one? Jaws, uh, I've... I th- I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it before on our show, but uh, it contains my uh, favorite shot in any movie ever, which is the the like zoom in on Brody while the background drops away mm-hmm. whenever he realizes that the shark's attacking people. Um, which like yeah. it, it's like a double dolly setup that they had to do that, and they like invented that effect. So it's it's really you're talking, cool. about, you're, you're talking about when he's sitting on on the beach. Yeah, right? he's sitting on the chair, and they yeah. had they had yeah. him on a dolly that was moving towards the camera as like uh, that entire okay. setup was on a dolly that was like moving forward also so like the effect is the camera's tightening up on him and the background's dropping away mm-hmm. so yeah, no, uh, Spielberg's pretty good at making movies wouldn't you say <laughs> he's alright he's done a few yeah, he's, he's doing okay he's doing okay over there uh, alright man so we're uh, over to you player one sucked but yeah no <laughs> All right, man. What do you got, brother? What you're up next? Uh, my number three is from John Carpenter's The Thing, and it's the shock paddle scene. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is kind of like the first real like explosive confrontation between everybody because no one trusts anybody. No one knows who's a monster and who's a regular person. And uh, there's also, uh, to compound on this, there is a medical emergency happening. So the doctor goes to uh, hit the guy with the shock paddles and there's no response. The guy's still just flatlining, goes to hit him again. And the guy's entire chest just opens up and uh, bites his arms off. Yeah. I got a different one from the thing, but it's some honorable mentions. So uh, we'll talk about it when we get there. But, you know, I know that you love this movie. And anytime your name comes up, whether I'm talking to you or to someone else, <laughs> they're like the thing, the thing, the thing. Did you see uh, literally just yesterday they announced they're going to be rebooting it? I don't want to talk about it. Well, John Carpenter's involved. So, <laughs> yeah. did you know that? Yeah. I did. Yeah. So Carpenter's involved. I don't. I don't really. I mean, come on, dude. Hollywood. They're doing. They're remaking literally fucking everything. You know. Have you seen John um, Carpenter lately? He looks like he's slowly turning into Lopan from Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> Actually, he does. Man, that's pretty. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'll be okay, but it's. It's definitely unnecessary. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. The shock pedal seems so good, though. Um, and they actually hired uh, an actor who was uh, a double amputee to do that. So they actually got a guy who was missing both his arms and uh, put him in a mask to look like the other actor for that quick shot. Okay. I didn't I didn't know that little bit of trivia. That's cool. All right, man. So I, I was wondering if the thing was going to come up tonight, and, and there it is. And like I said, it's on my honorable mention, too, but it's a different scene. Uh, there's a few in that movie, though. So such a great film, man. So uh, 1982's The Thing there is your number three. So my number three is also a classic, man. It really, really just revolutionized and just kind of carried, continued to carry the torch into the 1980s for the slasher genre. And it gave us ultimately what became this jump scare. I mean, gave us what ultimately became one of the most iconic horror villains of all time. And of course, I'm talking about Jason Voorhees. And I'm talking about when the little boy Jason jumps up out of Crystal Lake at the very end of the first Friday the 13th. The very first one. Yep. Yeah, man. So the irony here is that we don't see Jason the whole damn movie um, in the original. Now, of course, if you were going to 
see this in 1980, you wouldn't know any different. You wouldn't know who the hell Jason is. But, you know, Mrs. Voorhees, the mother, is the original killer in the first Friday the 13th. And we find out that she's seeking vengeance because her little boy drowned in the lake and the counselors were off having sex and they didn't protect him and whatever. So there, she's there to kill all the counselors, basically, to get revenge. Well, at the end of the movie, the final girl, if you will, that survived and uh, seemingly survived is having this dream maybe when she's in the hospital at the end or maybe not depending on how you view it they definitely left it open to perception at the time but jason pops up out of the lake grabs her while she's in this canoe or whatever and pulls her down with him and that's the end of the movie and if you if you think real quick remember nobody knew in 1980 what the hell just happened because nobody knew who jason (laughs) Voorhees was he wasn't a thing yet do you know what i mean so the internet wasn't around for fan theories or whatever so just imagine seeing this little boy just pop up and grab this girl and then that's the movie you're like what the fuck was that you know what i mean you thought you'd seen the movie already so i'm sure it took a a while for it to register with people but like i said it, it that that's where jason started with that jump scare scene at the end of the friday the 13th so that's my number three man are you uh are you a jason fan caleb uh i am a bit i'm not i'm not a huge huge fan of the series but i'll watch them they're good yeah they're good they're Um, good for like campy 80s horror yeah like i think my favorite one is like jason x which is just straight up a bad movie but we watched Mm -hmm. it for the show and uh yeah it's fun yeah the kills in that one are amazing man they come such a long way in 20 years or whatever it was uh when jason x came out all right man we're over to you for your we're already up to your runner-ups man so what's your number two my number two is the face of fire from Insidious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, James Wan James again. Yeah. So this is uh, whenever they're kind of explaining the plot of the movie that like the reason the kid's in a coma and all this weird shit's happening in the house is because uh, he's astral projecting and his soul is... Uh, missing in action, couldn't find his way back to his body. So uh, all these dark spirits are coming because they they crave life and another chance to inhabit a body. Uh, and if he's gone too long, one of these spirits will possess the body and that'll be that. And the strongest one will probably get it. So they explain that, uh, you know, the the biggest threat is this, this uh, man with a, a face of fire or whatever. And then it like... Mm-hmm. Cuts to one character and holy shit, there he is right behind you. And this yeah. is the one where it does do like the violin thing. And yeah, it does. Yeah. But, and uh, her reaction too, the the medium's reaction. Is yeah, really but I, I actually did poop a bit when I saw this the first time. <laughs> so no doubt man i mean the 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 amityville horror kind of trope where it's like not not even a haunted house necessarily but like a possessed house you know what i mean or a possessed person in the house that that's scary man because then you'll hear floorboards creaking and shit like that in your own house after seeing it and you're like all right there's a demon here <laughs> you know what i mean like it can really get you if it's done if it's done right which james wan usually does it right so you've already got two wands on on your list and i do not refute it man so insidious is your number two i considered that when i rewatched it uh for this i considered it and in my honorable mentions i got a couple more classics that that kind of out outweighed it but uh great pick man so my number two is uh, a non-horror movie. And it was my number one for a little while. And then my wife mentioned one last night that I was like, holy shit, you're right. 
And that's going to be my number one. And I hadn't even thought about it until last night. But this was my number one for a while, but now it's my number two. And it's from David Lynch's film Mulholland Drive, which I've mentioned on this show a few times before. Okay. Have you seen Mulholland Drive? Or are you a fan of I David Lynch? I have not. I do like David Lynch, though. Okay. Well, I almost wonder if I should, because uh, this jump scare is impressive, man. Like, it's, it's really, really well done. So I don't want to necessarily give anything away um, for you, because I, I, I would love for you to see it. It came out in 2000, so it's not like a super, super old movie. But uh, I mean, there, I'll plug a, my ears and go la 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 for a few minutes. No, that's okay. I mean, there's a diner scene in Winky's diner, and it's just, it's a one-off scene. So when you're watching Mulholland Drive, as you would expect with a David Lynch film, I mean, it's a mind fuck. Like it's like you don't know what the fuck you're watching. It's yeah. It's done very it's done very beautifully, and there is a narrative story that you can follow in this film, which is not always the case with with Lynch. Is is there somebody um, whose log <laughs> explains the plot to her so that she can tell you? <laughs> um, yeah, kinda, yeah. <laughs> you're mentioning it, yeah. Uh, but there's also a lot of weird shit that goes unexplained, of course, because it's Lynch's film and it's left up to interpretation and so on. But anyway, there's this one scene in Winky's Diner in the very early stages of the film, I would say in the first 15 minutes of the film, that are separate from the story that you saw before it and then everything that comes after it, and they never return to it. Okay. So, so, uh, so it's just re- there to be a David Lynch fucking. Do, yeah. Is but this re- important? Is it not? Is this a red right. herring? Is it just there to fuck with you? Right. Gotcha. And when you listen to the, there's two dudes in the diner, and when you listen to their conversation and the things that they're talking about, you know, I did a lot of research after it when I was doing a retrospective over on our Patreon for it, and I watched some interviews with Lynch and Naomi Watts and stuff, and uh, you know, the dialogue that those two characters are sharing, that's interval to the to the plot uh, and what they're talking about they aren't and what happens to them is not necessarily related to what we're what we care about in the movie but their dialogue is very important to what we see unfold the other two-thirds of the film so but you wouldn't catch that you know what I mean even when the film was over it would be one of those things where like you wouldn't even necessarily remember that scene because like I said it never comes up again it's not connected to anything else so it's one of those things where you'd probably get on like a second third watch you know what I mean I got you. But but if you do decide to watch it, just remember to focus when you see Winky's Diner and uh, you see a diner scene. Anybody that's seen Mulholland Drive or that knows anything about kind of like the history, if you will, quote unquote, of jump scares will know the one I'm talking about because Lynch, um, you know, kind of accidentally created one of the greatest jump scares in movie history in this film. And it's not even a horror movie. I mean, this is really like a kind of a romantic drama that takes on a little bit of a murder mystery kind of feel to it. Um but it's a great film. It's one of my favorite films of all time, as I've mentioned on the show before. So if you like Lynch, if you have a nice taste for Lynch, then I would say give Mulholland Drive a go. Because in my opinion, it's his best film. Uh, I would say Wild at Heart and Blue Velvet are pretty close. But for me, Mulholland Drive is my favorite Lynch film. So that's my number two jump scare, Caleb. I'm going to give you that. I don't know. I, I wish it was on Netflix. If it was on Netflix, I could give you guys the Patreon um, suggestion. But you, you like to do shitty movies for that, don't you? <laughs> It depends. Um, we did get into an arms race with Paul where he made us watch some really bad movies. Uh, yeah. So like me and Dan are both patrons of his show. So we were both mm. just like double teaming him. Like here's a piece <laughs> of garbage. Here's a piece like just completely outpacing him. And uh, that ended whenever I made them watch the Super Mario Brothers movie and they asked me to please not uh, talk to them ever again. <laughs> <laughs> that was the quickest way to end that, huh? <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Um, yeah, it's not on Netflix, man. But if it ever is, I tell you what, I'll pitch Mulholland Drive to you guys as a patron review. So cool. Uh, that's my that's my runner up, man. So we're up to our number ones, Caleb. But why don't you give us yours first? What is your top spot? Your number one jump scare? Uh, any wild guesses? Uh, you already mentioned the thing, which would have been a pretty much a layup guess for me uh, i don't know man i mean wow. is it is it classic or is it it's kinda... it's definitely a classic you know you know i'm a big uh sci-fi horror guy and uh my number one is from 1979's alien okay is this a chest burster it is not it is a scene that i call the happy birthday scene uh it's uh-huh. whenever Dallas, portrayed by Tom Skerritt, is down in the tunnels, uh, closing off the doors, trying to trap the alien creature uh, to keep it from moving throughout the ship unchecked. And uh, they're watching it on the motion sensor, and they're like, "It's it's like right on top of you. You got to move." And uh, he like goes to move, but he decides to check behind him, and then uh, it pops out, and it does like fucking jazz hands at him and shrieks. Mm-hmm. So. I call one. it happy birthday because it, it kind of looks like the aliens going, uh, you know, surprise. Yeah, but, uh, like Michigan J. Frog, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, no, no, that's a good one. I would have picked the chest burster just because I've told this on the show before, too. I've told this story before, but uh, I peaked when my parents were watching that when I was very young, man. In fact, this question's come up. You know, people ask, like, what was the first, like, horror movie you saw when you were too young or whatever? My answer is always alien because I will never forget... Uh, peeking through my bedroom door to see the television that was in the next room while my parents were watching it, and I happened to do it right before the chestburster scene. Oh they yeah, were all eating. They were all eating dinner and like whatever, and then I saw that, and then I was like, I mean, literally, Water I'm, like, I'm hell. not even kidding. Get like, this I, man some Pepto Bismol. Yeah, like I was literally <laughs> fucked up for like a week after that. So, uh, and it did make me jump because it scared the shit out of me at like eight years old or however old I was. So, um, Alien, you're number one. Good pick. Yeah. One of my favorite. One of my favorites of all time, man. So and you know pick. what? Uh, I I love aliens, but like. Uh, yeah, my this is always going to be my favorite, and uh, I I actually liked the uh, the whole alien life cycle as portrayed in this. Like uh, originally, there was no queen. Like whenever, because um, like in the director's cut of this, like towards the end of the movie, uh, she finds Dallas like cocooned in on the wall, and like uh, originally, like after it got somebody and like infected them or whatever, they would, their body would turn into an egg and a new face hugger mm-hmm. would pop out of that. And there was no queen, which I always thought was fucking wild. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Okay. Great pick, man. Alien, you know, it's one of my favorites. So a uh, good one, man. All right. So my number one is, like I said, I was discussing this film with my wife last night and I'm like, holy shit. How did I not think about that? Because this really did get me. Uh, and it's not a horror movie, although some people kind of, it has horror elements, let's put it that way. So it's one of those thrillers with horror elements built into it. But it's from 1995, it's David Fincher's Seven. Okay. And it's this, and it's the scene when they raid the uh, sloth victim's apartment, and they go into his apartment, they get in, um, and he's t- he's chained to the bed. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And he's got the the sores all over his body, and he literally looks like a skeleton with maybe like a centimeter of skin on it. Um, he's just been there. For, they say he's been there for like a year. He's been starving. Uh, you know, um, 
John Doe has been giving him just enough, you know, food to survive or whatever, but he's literally hanging on by a thread. That's what they say after the fact. But when you when they go in and they go into the room, I mean, you see this guy, you know, and he, I mean, he looks dead. I mean, right? I mean, he looks like a skeleton uh, on the bed, and they're kind of like they try to move him, they poke him with with their guns and stuff, and he doesn't move. Um, and they're just like kind of talking about how he was a piece of shit, and, and you know, because he was a criminal or whatever uh, in his previous life. And they all of a sudden he starts coughing and he, he kind of like wakes up and they, you know, the agents that are in the room are like, oh, what fuck? And they like fall down on the ground. And <laughs> I mean, I thought the dude was dead. I don't know about you the first oh, time man. you saw it, but I definitely I definitely did not see that coming. Yeah, that's it, a good pick. It, so that's my that's my number one, man. I know it's not a horror movie per se, but I mean, I just thought that was so well done, you know, and. Yeah. In, in those types of movies, you know, my Mulholland Drive pick too, I mean, you're not going into those movies, you know, you're not going in really to any David Fincher film and expecting a jump scare. Do you know what I mean? That's not something that would even be what you'll be prepared to see. Do you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. I, want, and I think that adds to it as well and makes it somewhat jumpier because you're like, it blindsides you. Whereas if you go into a horror movie, you know, like we were talking about in the intro, if you don't see a jump scare, it's more jarring than seeing one because you kind of expect to see a few uh, in a horror film. So I, I think my top two kind of speak to that because not only did they make me jump which is what we're doing tonight but they also were just unexpected jumps you know what i mean i didn't expect for them to happen so that's my number one man and you're, you're a fan of this one yeah yeah that's a good pick yeah man all right brother so that look we flew through it caleb whenever you're on the show man you're you're zippy you're in and out you know you you get you get your picks out you tell the people what's up and you, you get the fuck out of dodge yeah that's what you do and i'm not i'm not gonna <laughs> sit here for three hours and jerk myself off about how smart i am and how good my picks are i'll jerk you off while you do that or while i do that about you yeah <laughs> All right, man. Wrap it up. What was your uh, give everybody the wrap up of your top five again? I had uh, clap clap from The Conjuring, uh, Hiya Georgie from It, the shock paddle scene from The Thing, uh, the face of fire from Insidious, and Happy Birthday from Alien. Nice list, man. And uh, no crossover for us, which is cool. I know we've crossed over a couple times. My number five is from The Exorcist 3, which is the nurse in the hallway. My number four is the floating head underwater in Jaws. My number three is Jason at the end of the original Friday the 13th, jumping out of the lake. My number two is, I'll just, for your sake, I'll just say the diner scene from Mulholland Drive. And my number one is the victim, the sloth victim in David Fincher's Seven is my number one. All right, man. So before we head over to social media and shout out the fans why don't you give us uh, your honorables you got some honorable mentions over there man yes i do uh first up the birthday party video from signs yeah i like that um, one too that, mo- that movie gets hated on man but i dig that movie i i like it a lot and uh I don't know. Some sometime if we're ever doing like more of a long form discussion about the movie, I have I have like some certain theories about the movie and what I think is actually going on because I don't think that it's actually an alien invasion movie. But um, mm, okay, the uh, like this movie kind of shoots its wad just being like, hey, here's the the full thing in like plain view for everybody to look at. Um, which like I would have liked them to to tease that out a bit more, but uh, like this scene's still pretty effective because it's just quick, like it's there, and then they replay it and pause on that, so you can kind of like let it sink in. Um, so definitely a cool scene. Uh, my next one is from a movie called Dark Skies, which this is uh, an alien abduction movie and kind of about. Um, it's kind of like Poltergeist, except that it's aliens. Because, like, things right, slowly right. start to happen, and, uh, like, they're trying to figure out what, what the hell's going on. 
and they all kind of slowly realize it. But um, like this movie's built more on a slow, like creeping sense of dread rather than jump scares. Uh, but the one scene that did make me jump was uh, it's like whatever's going on is affecting like bird migration patterns and like all these birds just start flying into their house. So, like, the mom is cleaning up something. She hears something thump into the window. So she goes over to investigate. And then a bird just, like, slams into the gra- into the glass right in front of her face. And then, like, about 100 more birds just start pelting the house. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, great scene. Uh, next up, from the original Nightmare on Elm Street, the glove coming up out of the bathwater. Mm-hmm. Um then from Jurassic Park, uh, the clever girl, when the raptor pops out next to him and then uh, eats his face. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then uh, my last one is from Saw, which is the moment when you finally get it and you realize that uh, the dead guy in the room was actually Jigsaw the whole time and he gets up and stands up and walks out. Yeah, crazy ending, right? Yeah. One of the best movie endings uh, for sure. I didn't sleep that night after I saw that movie. So. Damn. Uh, that that yes. ending just really got me. Yeah, I'll say another another James uh, that, Wan. So that's right, that's right. All right, man. So to round out my top ten, you know I love to do it. You guys love making fun of me for it. My number six is the same one that you had on your list from The Conjuring, the hand clap. My number seven is the fucking creepy ass fucking clown from Poltergeist. Jesus Christ! Oh, I hate that thing. See? Why does he have <laughs> oh that? He clearly doesn't like it. I know who, who bought him that. <laughs> I mean, they hate that kid. Yeah. Which grandparent uh, but, you got know, him that, and why won't they let him throw it out? But Toby Hooper uh, does such a great job because um, you know it's misdirection, right? So the, the clown's mm-hmm. on the on the chair, and then the kid, the clown's gone, right? And so the kid looks under the bed, like where the hell did this clown go? And, and there's nothing <laughs> under the bed. You're like, okay, and he <laughs> comes back out from under the bed. Wow, the fucking clown's right there oh, next God. to him. So it's it's just kid. like uh, under the bed. it's. Like in every horror movie whenever somebody closes like the the bathroom mirror after like getting mm-hmm. their medicine out yeah. or whatever it's yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. always the face right there or something you know yeah exactly um my number eight would have been the thing but it's the scene uh, the blood test scene when they're giving the blood test and when kurt russell puts a charge into the blood and oh yeah you know we get the um, fucking thing comes to life or whatever it was cool how they did that effect too because i know every fucking detail about that movie um yeah they had it was like a fake arm that he had in front of him there and it had like the spring-loaded thing down like inside the arm so whenever Mm -hmm. they did it it would shoot up out but they did a couple takes of him testing the blood of other people so that you would get Mm -hmm. used to seeing the fake arm there and not be like well obviously that's a fake arm and there's going to be something jumping out of it there were like two Uh, other shots of him doing that before they finally triggered the effect and so it, it kind of lulled you into false sense of security yeah it makes sense wow i didn't know that that's cool uh my number was up to uh my number nine my number nine would have been brian bertona's the strangers and it's a scene when uh Liv tyler hears the noises outside of the home invaders and or she thinks she does and she goes over she the atmosphere in this movie is amazing man so she like slowly walks over to the window the drapes are drawn you know 
are closed and she like has a knife to protect herself and she puts the knife into the drape like she's going to open it and then she kind of second guesses herself and she's like no there's nothing out there like it's okay and then she hears more noises so she's like what the fuck so she just like really you know you know how you could either do it really slowly or you could just be like fuck it yeah just open the drapes so she's like fuck it and just opens them and the guy's face is right there in the window like two like two inches from her you know he's wearing the the creepy um like burlap bag mask or whatever did you ever see the strangers i don't think i have yeah but that's a really good sounds wild and then my number 10 would have been from The Descent from 2005. Okay. Did you ever did you ever see The Descent with the cave? Uh, um, I've pretty much heard about it a million times on different podcasts. I don't think I've ever actually watched it, though. Okay. Well, there's a scene in it. Well, there's actually a few, quite a few really good jump scares throughout it. But there's a scene where these girls are lost in the cave, you know. And uh, one of them, uh, of course, because it adds for the cinematic value, was was filming their expedition. And she's got the camcorder for light because, you know, they're mm-hmm. in a dark cave and their batteries are starting to run out or whatever. So she's like, oh, I'll use my video camera. So she's using the video camera that has like this night vision on it and uh, to light their way or whatever. And she's just kind of using it. And the girls are talking and you can see them on her camera. And you can see them, you know, on the screen as the viewer. And then in behind them, just like one of the cave people just kind of appears in the creepy kind of like night vision and kind of like runs off screen. And they don't know where he goes because it's like dark in there. So but he just kind of pops up on screen. It's it really cool. It's a really cool effect that they pulled off there. So fucking that yikes. would be my number 10. Yeah. All right, man. So we got a few shout outs online, Caleb, over in the old suggestion box. Let me shout out some fans real quick before we wrap up here, man. So over on Twitter, Word Salad Radio gives feedback every week. Thank you so much, guys. So they had a couple scenes from Signs, actually, from Shyamalan, Shyamalama Ding Dong Signs. (laughs) They said said when they're in the basement and the sun is by the vent and the alien hand moves in to grab his face. And then they also said uh, what you mentioned, the birthday video from Signs. Steve from Everything I Love from Movies says he remembers the one in Aliens with the motion detectors really getting him. Uh, let's see. Oh, Three uh, Julio That's from in the fucking room, man. <laughs> Julio from the Contrarian says uh, Hereditary. Did you see Hereditary? Uh, I have not. I still haven't seen that. All right, I'm not going to go any further then, but there's a scene in Hereditary during the car ride. I'll just put it to you that way, okay? okay. The car ride. So remember the car ride home in Hereditary. Really good scene there. Uh, Minnesota Froggy says Large Marge from Pee Wee's Big Adventure when her <laughs> eyes pop out of her head. That's such a good pick. And that did scare mm-hmm. me when I was a kid. Yeah, no doubt, ah! for sure. Uh, Justin Winters shares my affinity for Mulholland Drive, and he put a gif up from the jump scare from that film that I was referring to at my number two. So thank you so much, Justin. And then over on Facebook, guys, we'll wrap up with these these uh, loyal followers. Uh, I appreciate these guys so much. Guys, if you have not joined up yet, please do so uh, to our Facebook fan community because that's where I interact with our fans the most. David Powell says, Exorcist 3 seems like the obvious choice. So, obviously, I agree with him. It was on my list. Uh, Jared Taylor says, Sam Jackson being eaten by the shark in Deep Blue Sea. Remember that? Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. I've, I, they ate uh, me. A fucking shark ate me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Chris Yanny says, none, because jump scares scare him. <laughs> so, I don't know. Chris Yanny. What a baby. What are you going to do with this guy? <laughs> what are you going to do with this guy? <laughs> Travis Crawford um, shares my sentiment for the face in the ship underwater in Jaws. Uh, Paul Chomo also says that he hates jump scares. And I said, okay, but which one scared you? And he also said the Jaws 
head. So that's a popular one. And then our friend Emily said that the the chick coming out of the TV in the ring scared the poop out of her in the eighth grade. Yeah. Did you ever see the ring film? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. You don't want shit coming out of your TV, you know? Like just stay in there. You're not supposed to you're not supposed to be out here in the real real world, you know? Uh, Justin from the Epic Film Guys, what did he say? Oh, he agrees with me on Jason jumping out of Crystal Lake to pull in Alice. Um, and he said that he just showed that to his kid a few months back and it still gets him every time. So that's a good one. Uh, Loisos shared a clip with me, but I didn't watch it because I don't look at these until I record the show usually. But he picked a scene from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. So I'll have to watch the video to see which scene he's referring to there. And then I'll just mention a couple more here, Caleb. Patrick Sherwood, good friend of the show, says he's seen some good ones, but he's going to mention the one from Jaws where they say we're going to need a bigger boat, which is the one when Jaws pops out of the water. Yeah. Which which is the other one I was considering. He's also got the blood test from The Thing, the hide and clap from The Conjuring, Sue's Nightmare from Carrie, and The Demon Appears, which is the one you mentioned from Insidious. And then uh, Chris Brayton. We'll wrap up with him, and he says... I think this is the one you were mentioning, but he says when the arm comes off Ellie's hands in Jurassic Park. Is that the oh, one you were referring to? No, that's when she's down, uh, like trying to turn the power back on, and the arm falls oh, down yeah, on her right. shoulder, and she's like, "Oh, I'm so glad you're here." Blah blah blah. And then like right, she realizes right, 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 it's right. only the arm and not the person that it was originally attached to. <laughs> right, but that was really weird because I was like behind a curtain and like or whatever it was, you know. Yeah. And the arm just kind of like plops down on her shoulder. It's like, dude, he wouldn't do that if he was. <laughs> down there you know oh man and then he, he might says, Hashtag, depending on, on how butts. big of an asshole he was yeah maybe caleb i'm a fan of yours man you know this uh you're my boy and um we support each other's shows monetarily but also just you know supportively yeah. on social media and whatnot so like a jock strap but thank you so much. that's right dude uh <laughs> but thank you so much for coming back on on the peas man why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and dan over there at netflix and swill if they don't already know brother netflix and it's your one-stop shop for all things netflix and swill we have uh merch we have uh like 211 i think now episodes and counting for some fucking reason you absolute madmen have allowed us to do this for this long um it's uh it's an okay show yeah it's fine Let's see what i did there that's fine it's fine <laughs> well I'm two a big and a half out of five, five. <laughs> at least i listen uh every week man i do skip segments if it's movies that i haven't seen yet when you guys were talking about them and then i try to come back to them after i've seen it i still haven't seen project power so i had to skip over that little segment um but I just love y'all's banter. Your fucking just kind of dry sense of humor cracks me up. So uh, I, I'm glad you, you guys are killing it over there. Man. So keep doing what you're doing. And as always, thank you for being here on The Peace, brother. I appreciate you coming back. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. All right, so our Octo- October spooky-themed episodes are going to continue. We'll have another one for you next week, and we will have another Pee on the Pop. See you guys then. Thank you for listening. Two Peas is an independent podcast. We rely on donations from our executive producers in order to release new content weekly. Please check the show notes for a current list of all of our executive producers. If you would like to join them to help us continue to release great content, please visit Two Peas on a Pod at patreon.com 
or check out the show notes for this episode. Again, we sincerely thank you for listening.